serve community like nah they they didn't fulfill that with Kendrick and so he had to leave Oklahoma didn't have that education that was promised to him he had to go on with his life but that that's one of many stories of how the education isn't always acknowledged or even the follow-through isn't there they'll say yeah yeah we want you to get that piece of paper go hard study but really do they want you to be successful with it once you leave the school? Is it just to boost the graduation rate so they can say, look at the school so we can get more admission, so we can get more attention, so we can make more money? Because players suffering from not being paid, man. Like some of the players' highest earning potential is in college. And maybe they don't go on to play pro. Maybe they don't get that million-dollar contract from their skill set. But they could have used a couple thousand to send back home. They could have used just that little fair equity, that fair market value to take care of their peoples back home. Maybe that would have took away some of the anxiety so they could have performed better in the classroom as well. You're so stressed out about what's going on and how to make sure that your circumstances changed and you sometimes got the weight of your whole family on your back. Now, how can you really focus and be the best version of yourself when it comes to your academics? How can you still be a, a great brother or a great cousin or a great uncle when they say you got to cut off your family and just focus on school and focus on football or focus on basketball? Like, that's the type of anxiety that players deal with as well. So we got we got mental stresses for these young athletes that shouldn't even be there if they got what was what was fair and what was due to them. They got student athlete suicide rates the highest they've ever been. Like when you really look at why a student athlete struggles, it's not understanding the full connection through their purpose and their passion. So you got the game that you love, right? And you know that there's plenty of industries around the game that you love. No matter what sport it is, there's there's marketing around it, there's um, financial advisors around it, there's coaches around it, there's trainers around it, there's uh, general managers and owners around it. Like All of these sports have a multitude of industries around them. Players need access to that. They need access to that information. A lot of players envision themselves in those walks of life. So why not activate them while they're in college? While you as a school, you already partner with a lot of these companies. We can already start to build these relationships with the athletes. You know, like it's not it's not too much to ask to activate the resources in the same capacity that you activate the game plan. 
because they don't want to have all of this division. They don't need to be any more lawsuits. Like the the lawsuits is is really they pushing the 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 power back into the players' hands. So I ain't gonna say we don't need them, but what I'm saying is that it shouldn't be so much fight. I mean, so much just just drama between the two sides that we got to take it to federal courtrooms. There's so much fighting between um, the College Players Association and the NCAA that nothing really gets done, and the bottom line, the revenue just keeps going up. All right, so you had the the Ed O'Bannon case, for instance, was a, a very historical win for the players where he saw his likeness still being used on NCAA college basketball. Like, 20 years later, they got Ed O'Bannon still left-handed, ball-headed. Like, bro, that's me. I know that's me. Look, that's me. And I ain't got no check from EA Sports. So I, I need to – they need to explain something to me. Like, what's going on? <laughs> right? So Ed take it all the way to the Supreme Court, and they rule that since the schools have compensated players through education that it's not a trust – so they can't be treated in any way as any other company in America. And so it did sort of kind of win the case in the sense that now NCAA basketball is over with. So you kind of <laughs> kind of lost it for everybody else. But uh, they saw the hypocrisy in saying that players can't get paid when they – image and their name is clearly being used in a video game that's being sold for millions of dollars. And so I feel like that was one of the real turning points in all of this. Like originally the courts had ruled that the schools could basically be a court a cartel. Like back in 1984, I believe, they had ruled that the schools could set whatever prices for the TV sponsorships, they could set whatever prices they needed to uh, sell the rights of the name and likenesses for the players to these brands. And um, I think it was Georgia and Oklahoma were the ones who sued the NCAA just so they could raise the market value a little bit. Like, hey, we'll pay the players a little bit more if they come here. And the NCAA was like, nah, y'all can't do that, y'all. Y'all making the spot too high because if y'all raise the prices, then Texas want to raise the prices, then Florida want to raise the prices, and the players don't get to making too much money, and so we can't do that. So what they did was rule that the NCAA is going to govern all of it and act as a cartel, basically fixing the prices. You know, you got an economic cartel fixing the prices, controlling the commodity, which is the athlete. So that was the original case, and after the Ed O'Bannon case, now, it's like we're shutting down some of these companies that's using the name and likeness. So, best believe EA Sports was in bed with the NCAA. They had partnerships. That's the only reason that they can play March Madness in their video game. So, boom, that's money being lost from the NCAA. So, now, NCAA is on alert. And so now, as it's moving forward, we had different court cases, and the most recent one was in California uh, 2019. They ruled that players can now be treated much like Olympic athletes in college, where you can make 
money off of your name and likeness, whether it be through a brand sponsorship or um, through autographs or uh, you just want to be in your cousin video to promote it and, and they pay you some money. Like whatever you want to do to make some money, you can do it off of your name and likeness because you earn that in California. And I believe that goes into effect um, in 2021. In 2021, I believe that goes into effect. And shout out to LeBron. LeBron pushed that a bill being put into um, Congress and passing through, and he was an advocate for it. And he actually had it signed and passed on this show. So, like, that was a powerful narrative in itself that an athlete was a part of Congress changing the laws so that the pressure had to get put on the NCAA to take care of the athletes as they should. That's the power that we have as athletes, and I think that's the power that they don't really want to see. You know? They want to see us maxed out and and get the full potential of their product and asset while we're in college, and they really don't care what happens once we leave in the grand scheme of things because they have more assets and products coming in every year. It's a business model. Sometimes you can't be so emotional about it. You got to look at it at what it is. It's a, it's a real business model. They can't invest so many resources to where now the athletics aren't as great. And now it's taken away from the revenue of the school. And now we don't have the ability to keep up in the fair market. And now the admissions is down. Connect the dots with me, y'all. <laughs> Connect the dots. Because once the admissions is down, the schools is closed. People getting fired and this is all about survival. It's all about survival at the root of the nature of it. And so players, you got to understand, you can't max yourself out in college. You got to max the college out because you're going to beat yourself up as a player. You're going to be hurt, especially playing football, concussions. Like that's a real frontal temporal dementia that happens at the time when when, when you when you get your brain shook up from getting collided with by a 300 pound d lineman like that's real trauma and it can it can lead to all type of issues like we ain't even talking about the the worst of cte but just just alcoholism you got young men that that's playing football in college around a lot of alcohol around a lot of young women and you you putting your body through things that it takes its toll, man. So you can't max yourself out in college and not understand all of the resources you have to max out. You know, and like, what are these? What are the resources you ask? Because I'm always solution based when I when I holler at y'all. It's always gonna be solution based. So some of the resources I spoke on them earlier. We have these partnerships between companies and schools. So any student that has any student athlete that has interest or aspirations and say, say, say you got a young man that wants to become a car salesman. We just throw that out for one car salesman. Toyota, Ford, all of these industries partner with universities. Uh, Enrose program should be the, the, the minimum. I ain't saying you got to automatically give them a job, but it, uh, internship, I'm talking about an internship, like you making all this money off my name and likeness, I can't even get an internship, like stop playing, <laughs> and we ain't even talking about just car sales, I mean, this goes for all walks of life, like 
if you have kids that are interested in becoming lawyers and and becoming uh, front office holding front office positions in some of these sports organizations, if you have aspirations of getting into music, aspirations of getting into fashion, all of these industries are connected to your universities, and so it's the school's responsibility to find what are the true talents and passions of the athletes outside of the sport. And I know, I know we probably take the time away from just coaching them up and seeing how fast he can run his 40 and, and how many jumpers he can hit the next game. But, like, really figure out who these young men or who these young women are. If we're talking about the education being activated and the resources being activated, let's put the pressure on our partners, the people who we spending all this money with and making all this money with. That's some fair equity. You know, because the degree, the, the degree isn't enough. It, if the degree isn't of value um, in a way that it connects to the person's passion or at least allows them to come out without debt, but also making enough capital, capital to sustain themselves, to sustain their lifestyle. Like, don't don't just push them and, and hurt them towards certain degrees because you feel like that's what they can handle. Challenge them. Challenge them to be great in the same way you challenge them to be great on the field. Like I got younger, both of my younger brothers. Like when I talk to them, it's it's never gonna be about what's the easiest uh, major to take. Like even if it's perceived as easy, some people will say, "Oh, communications—that's an easy major." Or um, what's another one? Um, Physical education, that's an easy, easy major. You're just trying to be a PE teacher. Like, is that what you're trying to do? Or you want to really get deep and become a physical therapist? Or are you majoring economics or communications because you want to become a broadcaster? You really want to understand what the details and the foundation of these careers are. Like, whatever degree you choose, have it designed to fit your life. Don't just pick what's easy because what's easy is not life. Life ain't easy. So if you got a degree for easy, I don't know where you're going to apply that to. Like straight up. Like the schools have the ability already. They have different staff members. Like I believe most, at least all of the Power 5 schools, they have a player development staff member, somebody who's supposed to be tapped in with these young men. But also understand that's usually one or two people for a team of about a hundred. You know? Like what why those resources don't really balance out the same. You got a player development coach who is responsible for an entire team. And I ain't saying they can't get it done. I'm just saying like just look at the the if you got a teacher that has four students versus a teacher that has 50 students, which one you think is going to be more effective? You know? So if we got our player development staff being understaffed, there can there's no way they can really maximize the potential of these players outside of the field. You got a thousand coaches, though. You got a thousand people to make sure that they good to stay on the field and to perform well and to be analyzed and 
that same attention to detail isn't aligned to activate enough passions, to activating who am I as a person. I know who I'm who I am as a player. I know where that's going, but once I get done playing ball, can y'all get me involved in something that matches my passion? And so that's just one step. We're looking at the internships, we're looking at matching some passions to, to purpose and real career paths. But then also let's look at the players while they're already in school. Help them understand branding. You know, you help these young men understand that they have a real brand that they've earned that can be activated. Because the name and likeness is coming. That's already in motion. So let's prepare these young men and women on how to to really monetize their name and likeness. Because it's going to be manipulated if it's not educated. We have to give them the information on how people will come in and try to use their name and likeness to make money off of them without giving them them fair equity. So you got players who will have a middleman, per se, or another manager just to get them some more name and likeness deals when the student could just go get the name and likeness deals themselves. Like, it's the internet. It's 2020. Everybody's connected. You don't need all these managers and middlemen if we can have the schools on board to give the proper education on branding. Another thing is financial literacy. Like, prepare athletes for the money that we're going to have to handle before we get it. Like, everybody's saying the 30 for 30 broke. Like, <laughs> athletes be out here blowing it off. Like, I ain't have a lot. I had a little bit, you know what I'm saying? But I also prepared myself for a way to make money once I got done playing ball. But I see a lot of my friends or a lot of people who they have way more money than me go through it and blow through it all. So the financial literacy is something that could really be promoted and pushed for the for all of the players while they're in school. Like understand your credit, understand investments, understand the same discipline it takes with your money and, and how to have a long term vision with that as you do with your sport. You know what I'm saying? You'll play ball for ten years, fifteen, sometimes twenty years before you ever get a paycheck. But you don't want to make an investment for five years. You don't want to make an investment now that cash you out in 10 years. That sounds crazy. But you will do it in sports. Understand your financial literacy. Understand finances so that when someone else breaks it down to you, it doesn't sound like a foreign language. You know, this this financial language that the 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 advisors will come and and try to blow you away with you have to understand what's the real foundation and what's the real basics of why i should let you manage my money and how can i just manage it myself any any financial advisor that don't just want to give you the game for free don't trust them (laughs) don't trust them straight up Schools need to be on board with getting these players and getting these young athletes financially literate. Another avenue is community service. I see I see schools doing a lot in the communities, but I do feel like it could be more because I feel like that's an essential part of personal development is 
acts of service and, and knowing that my school is promoting that and my school is backing me to do that in the same way that they do for me to perform on the field or on the court. So through community service, that's that's a, that really balances out the anxiety that a lot of athletes deal with from sports. That sense of service, that sense of value, that sense of purpose that grows through community services is highly necessary. It's another way to activate a passion that may be untapped. You know? It's all connected. I think there's plenty of ways that schools can continue to thrive and make their money, but allocate resources in a proper way to the students and through this education so that it's really that value. Like, if I'm a $300,000 commodity, at least let me come out making a $300,000 job or better yet, we should also have some type of graduation trust. Mm, graduation. They don't want to talk about the graduation trust. There's been some mumbles about it already, but um, just the way I think about a graduation trust is that you finish your four years at the university. They look at the revenue of the athletic department you are a part of, whether that be football, basketball, whoever. Look at that revenue and they evaluate it. They evaluate the players, the staff, the schools, anybody who had an investment to the bottom line and see what was their return on investment. So say you came in and the school's um, athletic department was at $11 million your freshman year. When you left as a senior, the school's revenue is at $15 million. So you got a $4 million increase. So let's just find a percentage and break that down player by player, save it up, and allocate it when they graduate. It's not difficult. It's simple math. <laughs> you break down the revenue. And the easiest way to allocate, like they already have come to the point where they can say a player is worth close to $300,000 per player to the school's revenue, right? So we can do the simple math that allocates the equity that's due over four years. That's a graduation trust. You don't get it unless you graduate. Give them some motivation. You know what I'm saying? So that way you leave out of college with a nice little chunk of change, something to take care of your peoples along with that education. Because you earned it. You worked for it. Because this is America, right? And we don't do free labor. That's all I got for y'all today, man. Appreciate y'all rocking with me. I'm trying not to get biased because, you know, I am an athlete. I do got brothers going through it right now. But I got to wear my heart on my sleeve. So that's where I stand on the topic. Let's get them these internships. Let's take care of their brand. And let's teach them some financial literacy. Activate their passions. And let's let's get a graduation trust going for real. Those are the solutions. I think those are the ways that we can make sure that the next generation doesn't have to deal with the nonsense that the NCAA has put us through this generation. Shout out to my sponsors, Real is Rare. Always tap into the site, realisrarebrand.com. 
new merch available. Uh, hit me on IG at will.a.brown. Same on Facebook, Will Brown. Until the next time, double up.